Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Scale Riders podcast episode. I'm your host, 65 Lokes. This is episode number 212. I am joined here by our guest, Patrick, all the way from Northern California, also known on Instagram as Supermodel Alley. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, dude? I'm doing pretty good. Dope, dope. I'm doing well, too. Thank you. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here live. Um, man, this is crazy because I was thinking the other day, you know, it's it's been uh, some years since I've started the podcast, like back then. And then it hit me. I was like, dude, we haven't done an episode in all this time. And I was like, we got to do one. You know, I saw you earlier this year out in Northern California and I saw your builds and everything. And I was just like, oh, man, like we we got to do an episode like for sure, you know, and I there's just so much I want to ask you, bro, like everything from like your history, you know, with model building, because, you know, I, I love just hearing everyone's like story of how they got involved uh, with it. Like, you know, what keeps you going all this time? Yeah. Yeah. And as far as for you, like, you know, when did skill modeling step into your life? Like, when did you get started with that? Well, that was way back, but I want to start off by saying thank you. I appreciate you inviting me to to your podcast, man. I really appreciate it. It was unexpected. And, um, but yeah, seeing you at NNL, I've seen you a few times, but this last one, it was, it felt like more of a connection. So um, it was a really good time. Um, but g- going back to when I started modeling, oh man, um, before it was even Supermodel Alley, I mean, I was probably 13 years old. Um, I We had just moved to a new state, new city, and, uh, you know, I didn't have any friends or anything like that. So um, I remember my dad taking me to, like, you know, just trying to find something to do with me and took me to a hobby store. And, you know, we just picked up a model. I think it was a Ravel, like, 64 um, Fairlane, something like that. And that's kind of where it started for me at the very beginning. <laughs> right. And like, what age uh, were you around that time? Uh, I, I had to have been 13, 12. I think I was 13. Um, I was at that. I mean, I grew up around cars too. Um, my father, uh, he grew up in LA. He was a hot rodder too. I've been around cars my entire life. I have a couple hot rods too. Um, so, you know, whenever it came to actually building something, um, I mean, I was young. It's not like I knew it all, but it, it kind of like it clicked really quickly. You know what I mean? So um, at that age, building a model and learning a just, you know, occupying your time and like something from the beginning to the end, like um, having a focus was was pretty good at that age, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a trip. How like these things, what, what it teaches you, right? What's inside of a small box? Like, yeah. You, you open it up and, and at first you're like, you, you see the body of the car and then all the small little parts. And I always appreciated the, the little breakdowns and the names of each little part. And then just that like imagery of all the pieces floating in the air and they're kind of coming together, like telling you this is like this part and this part go together here, you know? Right. And, and just having that like engraved right in your head, like from each model build that you're going to do. And at the end, just being so satisfied, like as a kid, like, dude, like, yeah, put this together. Well, I remember the funny part was when I first opened the box, I was actually surprised. Like it was all just like plastic because <laughs> when you look at the box, I was like, oh, I'm going to put this thing together. Like the look, you know, you look at the box art and you're like, oh, I want to build that. Then you open it and it's all, everything's one color. And I was just like, oh, you know, I was a little surprised. Um, but another cool part of it was while I was building it, since, like I said, my dad grew up around cars, like 
he was actually able to tell me specifics about the car's building like look, looks at, he looks at the model and can say what engine that was and that's when that stuff you know i really started paying attention to stuff like that um which made it even more fun for me yeah that's pretty dope yeah it's a trip how we we see the the box art and sometimes you know when we're new to the, like skill modeling we assume oh maybe that's how the car comes it comes painted yeah. like that yeah. you know then we open it's like wait a minute it's all styled, <laughs> like the same color of plastic yeah <laughs> like what the heck yeah i remember like with uh with a lot of the models i'd get i'd be tripping out on um the color styrene right it was always like that light grayish kind of um, almost like an ivory color and then i remember purchasing, color. yeah like a, um what was it like the <clears throat> 1958 like amt and it was like in a baby blue uh you know plastic and i was like what the heck and then later buying like a, a 1959 i think it was a monogram impala and that being like a like another different shade of blue and i don't know i was just like but i remember i don't know if it was maybe you know an old kit but the 58 that that blue styrene seemed very brittle to me okay when i was like working it like or maybe it's because I was probably putting too much glue and it was probably our youth, like not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like whenever I, I look at a 58 Impala, it takes me back. Like it, that's cool. Like I like the kit, the EMT kit, but it, it takes me back and the testers glue. Whenever I see a bottle, yeah. I go, man, like, and then you open it up and you smell it and go, man, it still smells the same from back then. Kind of like, yeah. a, I don't know how like a, a, like a lime or a, any kind of smell yeah that's what it smelled like yeah mm. i remember that it's yeah an interesting odor <laughs> yeah for real it, it's crazy it, and when you were um you know young getting all these model kits was your dad also building with along with you or was he just kind of checking up just to you know see if you were so interested to to keep doing it yeah no he didn't build with me um he just kind of encouraged me um I think his grand scheme of things wanted to just get me into cars, which he did. Nice. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, it was a part of it where, you know, as a kid, you need to have something to do. Um, I think that was probably a big part of it for my dad too. Like he probably could tell that, you know, we just moved, like we moved, so we moved to Virginia. So we lived here in California and we moved across the country. Dang. And I mean, obvious to say, like, I didn't know anybody. So it's just, you know, you see your kid, I would only imagine because I have kids now, like you want to give them something like find an interest, like just anything. And, you know, he knew cars. So maybe that was what it was for him. You know, it's like, oh, I know cars, too. Maybe this is something my boy can get into, which I did. And I'm glad I did because, you know, I picked it up again. And there's no looking back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And when you were... um the types of models, like what style, mostly cars, were you kind of pursuing at that time that you were like, you're staring at the wall of all the cars, you know, and, and you're just like, this is a want, like, I want this one next. Well, the, the one after the Fairlane was a, the 69 Camaro Z28. So, I mean, grow, I mean, so growing up, it's, it's been muscle cars, hot rods. Um, so even now, it's, that's a big part of my interest. But back then, that was my only interest. Um, it was, you know, muscle cars because growing up, my dad had quite a few old cars um, and, you know, it, it becomes the cars you want to build, right? Just kind of maybe cooler, maybe nicer, painted differently, bigger engines, whatever it might be. But um, 
yeah, it, it started out with muscle cars, basically. Nice. And do you still have any of those builds to this day? That I have, I have both of them. <laughs> they're what? like the two survivor. They're the two surviving models I have. Is so, my old Camaro and and my the Ford Fairlane. Do you have them in front of you? I don't, but I can okay, go get okay. them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, we we got to see these. Um, and in a bit, in a bit. What's yeah, 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 yeah. I'm curious. I want to check them out. That's dope, man. Okay. That's crazy. Is it trying to trip you out though that you still have them after all these years? Well, it's funny you talk about taking you back. Um, I was looking at them today because, you know, I was trying to to prepare for talking with you today, and and that's a part of it. Is you know, you ha- we build these models. Um, at least I do, and it's a progression. Like every one that you build is hopefully better. I mean, it's not always better, and it's I don't know if that's the goal, but at the end of the day, it's it's interesting to look back even the ones i started like you know five years ago i can tell a difference in my skill set so i guess it's important to to have them just to kind of remember where you, what you were doing before and what you've done differently but also i guess just a comparison i mean it's pretty cool though it's i mean i think back then i think the biggest thing i realized was flat paints were awesome for bodies because you could brush paint them and it wouldn't leave brush marks. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> I remember the first time I tried to paint a body with glossy paint. I was like, I want this color. And it looked horrible because it was just pretty much. And, you know, I mean, this was what I was 13. So like early 90s. And we didn't have references. I didn't have references. There wasn't an Internet. There wasn't some place for me to go to be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. So, you know, you just you see the the what they offer at the store. And you, you buy the paints and whatnot, which is mainly the little tester you know little they still have them now um the glass jars and you just paint and then i realized oh flat paint it comes out even and when it dries so i those both those cars are pretty much flat colors <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah it, 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 you're right about you know when you're trying to uh paint with a brush with gloss and then everything you can see all, all the lines of yeah. everything <laughs> Yeah. And you know, when you're when you're dry brushing, it's like totally a different vibe right there. For sure. That's a trip. So, you know, from that you you feel like you've learned like to let's say, because you know, we always run into a mistake, right? When we're doing a build. Like we're always gonna run yeah. into some things. Sometimes it's like you just have to, I guess, let it be and like let it stay. Yeah. You'll learn, you'll learn on that next build. And when you do that side comparison you look at that old one and you know, like, all right, I messed up right here, but it's all good. Like, look at this new one now. I didn't do, I didn't run into that this time around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that happens. I, I want to say almost on every build, um, but there's also always another mistake. I feel um, I'm not building show cars. Um, I try to really do it for fun. Um, I have a family, so I can't spend all my time doing this part of my passion but at the same time i want to make it as good as i can make it but you know i feel like flaws come with the territory and at least how how i build (laughs) or what i build (laughs) yeah no it it happens like when um when do you feel like you felt comfortable like where you felt like all right i i really like the the style of building that i'm doing now like it's almost like stress starts to go away because now you're 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 going through the build you know what to do next you know yeah Uh, when do you feel like where you start to feel a little bit more like all right cool like comfortable with it oh man it 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 really it depends on the kit to be honest um 
I found, I mean, when it comes to instructions, now it's more like a reference instead of a step-by-step, -step, right? Like you kind of know what's, how it's going to go and what order to do it for the most part. But um, I mean, I feel like I got comfortable like when I restarted again. So I, 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 after I was 13, 14, I probably quit when I was 15. And then I picked up again, I think in 2016. Um, and, you know, the first couple bills were rough, you know, it is like riding a bike, but you know, when you ride a bike, you rode it better than you did now. If you quit for a while. So, you know, it takes a while to get back up to speed, even, even today. Um, but you know, getting comfortable with it now, it's just like, you know, I, I really, <laughs> I don't know, man, it's, it's a good question. And I, I think it just, I, I think the biggest thing I found is it depends on the kids because how they go together is important too. Um, I've built some, some Hasegawa and Tamiya kits where, which are flawless. I usually have to read those instructions closer because they're very specific how they go together, but a lot of the American kits, well, they're not bad. Um, some of the older, the older molds is, can be rough and it can really, um, derail your build if you're not careful, um, when it comes to fit and finish, but overall, um, I'm, I'm you know, I'm pretty comfortable with everything I do and have a good idea. You have to have a good idea going into it, I guess. Yeah. And, and for you, uh, coming back into the hobby, you know, after you took that break, um, from, from when you were younger, um, what was it? was it a trip for you when you started to come across like the online communities with model builders? Like, did you even think like, is there anybody still building models out there? Absolutely. Um, so when I started again, I think the first kit I got was uh, the 69 Nova, the 350 kit, the one where you could build it stock or drag. And I think that was the first model. It was the first model when I came back, but I didn't want to build it like the box. Um, and that's when I found out that there was a lot of like other people doing this. Like there's an online community, there's aftermarket parts. There's a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, wasn't there before. I mean, maybe it was there. I just didn't know, but now it was, you know, within arm's reach, if you will, because I was able to do some things to that model that, you know, I wouldn't have done, but I probably wouldn't have built it otherwise because I didn't want to build it like the drag and I didn't want to build it stock. I wanted to build it in between and I was able to do that. But, you know, to answer your question, I think that's when I really realized how much was actually out there. And it was much smaller back then. Like that was only, you know, 2016. What was that? Seven years ago. Um, it's grown so much since and it, it, it makes it pretty exciting. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, it has. Because I, I still remember, like, for myself, I want to say it was probably, I think it was, like, uh, probably around the same time as you, like, 2015, 2016, like, getting back into model building, uh, like, stepping back into it. And, you know, this time around being more like, all right, I'm going to do my research, you know, online. Um, there has to be a lot of information about this by now. And just, like, trying to get you know, the tools and, and, you know, primers and, and all this stuff for this build. But then again, I started to think like, what are people using for Chrome, right? To like for the trim. So then it was like bare metal foil. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Cool. So I went to the hobby shop, got myself bare metal foil. And at the time I thought, oh, this is like the latest and greatest technology thing. Right. But then again, you know, I ended up going to like a, a model show in the future, like later, 
and I bought an old Scale Auto magazine, right? And I'm from like the 90s and I'm flipping through it. And then yeah. I see ads for bare metal foil. <laughs> and I was like, how did I not know? You know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know the magazine existed first. So I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. It was there. But it was like <laughs> hidden from me. Like I would have never known as a kid. And like, you know, as a kid, I'm over here putting tape and everything using like spray pan or a marker to do the silver lines. And then you take it off and everything's all like dripping down. And I'm like, man, I can never get the, those chrome lines like perfect on the trim, yeah. on the cars, you know. And it wasn't until then when I jumped back into it that I'm like, all right, cool. Now that I could apply this, how do I cut it now? And then using exacto blades and then later learning about like, no, you need like a scalpel and a, and a yeah. scalpel blade. And I don't know. It's just a trip how it get, that's what I guess the excitement kicks in when you start learning like about like these new things right like techniques and whatnot that are out there too to apply to the model yeah um yeah and i i think the big part of that was like learning how to paint like spray paint um like i had no clue and you think like oh you just get spray paint and you paint it but there's definitely a technique to it and um I had to look it up like I, I'm a planner. So it took me a while before I had the confidence just to even paint a car because I had no idea how to do it. And I didn't want it to look, you know, it didn't have to, I mean, I wasn't trying to make art, but it was at the same time. Like you want to, you have a picture of what you want. And I was like, there's no way I can do that right now. So and there was stuff online that helped me like when it came to doing that. So um, that was a big part of me picking this back up too, was referencing a lot of the things that um, I built on for even today. Man, that's cool. And as far as like shows, um, when did you start attending like your first model shows when you started to see like other people's builds? Um, so the first show I went to, and this actually ties into the people, I mean, I'm basically on Instagram. That's the only uh, social media platform I, I use for models. and. Um, the first show I went to was how I met um, my buddy, uh, you know, Alex Ramirez. Yeah. Al Jandis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce his, his uh, <laughs> username. Um, he was host. He was hosting a, uh, a show in Hayward, which is close to Oakland. And I was just up there with my family for a car show. And, and on the side of it, there was just this room and there was models, like people were posting up models. I was like, oh, and I had just recently, like I built a couple models. I wasn't really super into it, but you know, I was getting into it and I was walking around and seeing other people's build. And I was just like amazed, I guess is the best word to, to, to put it because I was amazed. Like, first of all, how people were building. Secondly, there were so many different styles of cars and and thirdly like the different stuff that you can do to them so um i that's when i met uh, alex and the first show i went to was his second year running that show he doesn't run it anymore but the next year they did it i actually and it was the first time i entered any cars um and it was exciting it, it like it, the anticipation for it was pretty high because <laughs> you know you're around other people who are doing this but you don't know any of them but you know it's like a common ground so it's kind of a part of the community, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's that's when I first kind of got into it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, man. That, yeah. That's crazy. And from from then, at that show, that's pretty much where you had already, you met Alex or did you meet him before that show? 
I met him. So I met him, not the show that I attended, but the one before, like um, I, I met him there. Like he, he, Alex is the nicest guy. He's the type of guy who talk to anybody. And I think that's why I, I connect with them because I can, I feel similar when I meet people, like, I don't care where you come from or what you look like mm-hmm. you're building models too. And it's pretty cool. Whether it looks like my builds or not, don't matter. Um, you put in the time and you know what it takes to build something. And that's kind of, you know, the connection I had with them. And then, you know, going to the second year that he ran it, like, actually it might've been the first year he ran it. It doesn't matter, but like, it was just like feeling part of something. Um, and that was like when him and I really started becoming friends and talking more. Um, it's also where I made some, it was the first time I made other friends too. Um, a guy I met there, he introduced himself to, to me. His name was Steve Hinson. May you rest in peace. Um, he, uh, he came up and talked to me about my cars just randomly. He's like, Hey, I like your cars. And I was like, Oh, well, thank you. Like, who are you? And he's like, Oh, I'm uh, Steve. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, I created a relationship even with that guy. And, and it turned out that Steve was the guy he, who started the NNL. And, and that's kind of interesting to me is like, I bet you that's how a lot of these, a lot of people meet. Um, mm-hmm. It could have been anybody. And, and he was just one of those guys who was just at a car model car show as I was like, he heard about it. He'd never been to one. And so we just got to talk and he was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It was small, but it was fun. It was something mm-hmm. to do. And I think that's what a lot of us just want to do sometimes, you know, just hang out and yeah yeah now that's cool yeah because you know i uh from instagram i see you know whenever alex posts about like the what was it like the coffee and model cars like the meats right pizza yeah yeah the pizza and like you know i i see you come out also um matt will bust out builds too you know and um i'm pretty sure you know luis uh he goes by lxc models yeah he's out there um I, I don't know. I think he's in Tra- Tracy, California, I want to say, but he's in the northern part. And I mean, I, I know I, I feel like you, all you guys are up there, but you guys are repping, you know, and you guys get together uh, when you guys can. And I think that's pretty, really dope. I put it this way, like, because I live in South San Jose and I don't feel like there's anybody else out here but me. But then you talk to, to Alex and like, he's the only one he's up in Oakland and there's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's other people in Oakland, but you know what I mean? Like there's not as many people like, but we all come together. Like even yeah. our friend, like Bradley Chun, like there's a bunch of us or who come from like San Leandro. Um, and they're all like adjacent um, cities around here, but they're not really that close. So it's not mm-hmm. like we see each other every day or like even yeah. that close, but whenever something is, and that's what is great about Alex is like, he's able to, to get us together because it's like yeah like somebody's doing this somebody's putting it together i'm gonna go <laughs> no yeah that's what's up because yeah it, it's uh it is a drive and then there's a lot of traffic too and all that oh, yeah you know, it's trying to yeah. get across so it's it's always nice you know it, it's like earlier when we were um you know at the nnl the before the nnl the alex is the people the slice of the west night and, you know, it, it wasn't like a whole lot of us, but it wasn't really about like, like how many people, it was more like, we got a really a chance to just like, like, you know, chop it up and look at the cars, yeah. you know, I, I feel like the, the one that was like the, the first time you did it when it was before the pandemic, there was a lot of people. Yeah. That table was like packed and it was kind of hard to get like shots. Like you could get shots of the whole table, but <laughs> I wanted to focus on a particular car. It was really hard to like yeah. get that shot, those shots. 
but when I was there, just from observing, I could tell, like I could, I could see like the camaraderie and the bond you guys all have, you know. Um, and it was just cool, like you know, you guys probably don't see each other all the time, but when you guys do, you know, it, it's like you guys just pick up where you left off. Last time you guys saw each other. Yeah, it does feel like that. It's kind of like an old friend, if you will, like just pick up where you left off. And then you meet some people that you never, I've never thought I'd meet before, whether it's through social media. Like I met you through one of Alex's um, shindigs. I mean, you were at NNL also, but you know, like I think the camaraderie came more through Alex's hangout than, you know, us, any of us talking at NNL or at least the intro to it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so those things are important um, as part being part of the community. I met. Um, so Grant Dale, may he rest in peace as well. Like, we used to talk all the time on, on social media, which I know he did with a lot of people because he was just a great dude. But that was where I got to meet him. He came out to NNL, but I, the first time I met him was at Alex's hangout. And yeah, it was you, like the best freaking time. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, I, I that was the first time I got to meet him in person. Um, we had we had talked like for some I don't know how many years, but we did talk for some years yeah. on social media, you know, through Instagram. And then we did a couple of episodes on the nice. podcast. And then it was one of those things where he would say, all right, you know, one of these days I'm going to come out to California. And it was a trip because I remember one time he posted, he bought some, some wheels or some parts from like Pegasus. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're, you're out here, but I still live far though. Like, yeah, it's still Pegasus to me was like two, two and a half hours. Right. Right. So, but he was like, he said something that he was like driving, like working in the area that he was able to like, at least manage to like, see that spot hit it up yeah <laughs> and then and then go back to like work and i was like all Crazy. right that, that's dope you know you, yeah. you came in real quick you know got what you wanted to bounce and then he uh later was saying you know i'm gonna be coming out to the to the nnl um and i was like dope and and then that nnl happened to be when the first time when alex that did the pizza party yeah so it all like it lined up and, you know, a lot of people flew in from out of town, too, that came in. And it was just nice. And then that was the first time I got to, in, in person, I got to meet Grant. So that was yeah. cool. And I still have, like, photos and stuff from that day. I'll have to send some to you. Oh, yes, please. You know, that would, that would there, be pretty there's, awesome. like, photos I didn't post, like, or just, you know. Um, I, I know I recorded some clips and stuff, but I know I, I took fo- a, as many photos as I could of everything. But that night felt like it went by so fast, man. Yeah. It did <laughs> from getting that, there. That, that table was so full too. Like what you're saying, like that first one before the pandemic and even that NNL show, I think that was the biggest year they've ever had. Um, it was just a lot of people came from all over and that hangout was a part of it though. It, even though it was the pre-party it was still important. Yeah. I remember um, some people saying they had a lot of fun, you know, like the, the night of the, the, the pre-party, the pizza party and then the show that they were kind of like saying like i hope they you know they keep doing this because it make it, it does make that weekend fun especially if you're coming from out of town yeah. you know because before it's more like you, you get in there the friday saturday's like the event and then the event's done and you go home yeah but this time you get there a little bit early and you, you could hang out over here you know with all the guys see everything see not everything some of the stuff and then at the uh, nnl um, how how were you introduced to the NNL show? Like, you know, uh, how, how, when did you start attending that? Well, 
Um, so it actually goes back to when I, I met my friend Steve um, at that first Hayward show um, that Alex threw. Um, and he was telling me about it. And, and again, like I was oblivious. Like I didn't realize that big shows like this were going. I think I kind of knew, but I didn't realize they were in our, in, in our, in my area, like, you know, like in San Jose and Santa Clara. Um, so it, it pretty much, it started out, I met Steve and, and then he invited me to his group of friend hangout, um, with like, uh, Andy, um, and Roy. And I mean, there's a couple of us, but it was more so it, it didn't just start out with going to NNL. It actually started out with me going to, um, a hangout and like we go to our buddy's house and we build together for, you know, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Um, we didn't really get that much done, but it was more so we just sat around a table, kind of shot the shit and, um, you know, got to know each other, I guess, but also, you know, get a little bit of work done on your models and bounce ideas around. And, uh, I think that's, that was like, probably more important to me than looking back on it now than actually building because we weren't building that much but it was just like hanging out with other like-minded dudes right <laughs> yeah no yeah that's cool um, yeah. And, and then through that sorry to interrupt you but then through that like um so steve and andy both ran um andy andy kellogg they they ran the uh the nnl and and even when i was hanging out with them i didn't even realize this like it wasn't like I had motivation. I was just like, I'm just hanging and, you know, hanging out with some dudes who, um, not to be rude, but were a little older than me, but you know, they're like my dad's age, maybe a little younger, but I clicked with them. Like it, it kind of felt like I was talking to my dad a lot of the time, to be honest, like they're also into cars and, you know, they grew up, they lived here in the Bay area. So there's a lot of things we had in common. Um, and yeah, and it turned out to, you know, find, they offered me if I wanted to volunteer and I've, I've been doing it for, I think, three, three of the shows now. Um, yeah, it's, it's been it's fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, because I remember, um, you know, when I saw you the day about NNL in the early morning, um, I was there bringing in my stuff to set up and uh, you were already there. And I was like, yo, what's up? And then you were you told me that you were there, you know that you were like helping out and stuff. And, and I was like, oh, damn, I didn't even know that you were uh, like volunteering and all that. And, uh, you know, as as far as like a volunteer, what's something that we don't know that's like a behind the scenes kind of thing that like responsibilities that you kind of have to make sure? Because, I mean, it's a big show and there's like a lot of stuff. It's not just, hey, we didn't walk in, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's like there, there's a lot of things going on. It's a lot, man. And it, it starts months before the show even happens when it comes to setting up a location luckily um we've been able to keep the same spot for the last couple of years um but you know that's you know every year that's comes up as part of like figuring out the details of where it's going to be um the guys that put in the effort into like vendors like again that doesn't happen overnight like they they've been you know, people have to sign up beforehand, but also you have to have the accommodations ready for them when they get there. So, you know, we get there early and there's people already there waiting to, to set up, you know. Um, and then when you're there, like the actual setup is probably like for the models is probably the fastest part, to be honest. 
Um, cause then it comes with every other part, like, you know, getting the box office, getting people ready to, to welcome the people coming in, keeping track of how many people are coming there. Cause you know, that is important. And yeah, I mean, I guess the, the easiest part is just like getting, getting the actual tables ready. <laughs> there's so much more, um, before those doors open that, um, and, and luckily these guys, these guys know what they're doing. So it's not stressful. It's, it's a very you know, fast moving environment, but it's not in the sense of like, oh, like things aren't ready. It's just like they've been doing it all like most of the year. So the actuality of it running is just, is pretty like, it's pretty clockwork, which is, is pretty cool to see because it's, it's a pretty big show. There's a lot of people who show up and even after the pandemic, it hasn't really come back a hundred percent, but you know, hopefully next year will be like the year. Yeah. I, I feel like it's uh, like, building up like anything you know like um you have things that that are so packed and they, they not that they hit a peak it's just at some point it's almost like a reset button like a restart all right cool and you know th there's some people that still don't want to travel or maybe they just didn't really plan or whatever right but with anything i feel like even you know just this year alone uh people are getting back into the routine of things of what they used to do back then and and it's almost like you know already planning for the next year or whatever like if we can do it this year we'll do it next year you know and and yeah i, I do feel like more more people will definitely be attending for sure and it, yeah and i think a part of it with the pandemic because it was closed down for i think two two years whenever things kind of opened back up they just ran it like this the summer so last summer they had an nnl which is normally in every like january february of every year but last summer they ran it because it had been closed for so long. But then technically when we did it again in the end of January, there was only like six months break. So I think you also caught in the middle of the people who maybe traveled in June. They're like, I'm not going back in February again for another show or vice versa. You know, like um, people are only going to come in this one and they didn't go in June. So the both of the shows like there were good turnouts. You know, they weren't they weren't um, duds or anything like that. But at the same time, the full effect of right before the pandemic. Um, yeah, hopefully that's what I mean. Like hopefully next year is a year because hopefully that gets that cycle of like, you know, we've gotten through this. So we have a full year of, you know, the break for people to come back. And it could just be the time of year for people too. like they might have stuff going on during the summer. I don't know. There could be a lot. There's a lot of different factors. But Yeah, no, that makes sense. I didn't even think about it, about the months, what you just said. That makes yeah. sense sense that does play a factor i feel like uh but having that year now like a year break right uh, from january now to the next year that's enough time to make you want to go back like you know yes. i feel like Absolutely. for those that were able to go the six like with the six months to both shows that's like man i'm being spoiled right now you know especially if you're local yeah you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I agree <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go to both of them no, that's cool. You know, one of the cars you brought out the Friday night, bro, that I was like, man, I, I couldn't stop staring at it. Was that Hasegawa, the Skyline, dude? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show us that one. Um, hey, yeah, let's, let's bring it out. Let's show it for the viewers. Thanks. Sorry, I'm at my workbench here, so don't mind this mess over here. Um, let's get some better light on it. Start with that one. That look all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looks good. So tell us about this build. How long did it take you uh, from start to completion? Um, so this, this was a Hasegawa kit. Um, man, to be honest, I think it maybe took me a month and a half. Um, there's a couple factors that tie it into that. The biggest one is like, I haven't really up until the last six months, I haven't been building a lot. Um, whether it's due to lack of motivation or whatnot. Um, this was the first kit I picked up and built from start to finish, um, in probably a year and a half. Um, so when I was into it, like I, I started going through it and I realized how nice of a kit this thing was. I mean, when it comes to fit and finish, like it's probably one of the best kits I put together. It was seamless. Everything, the instructions were super clear. Um, what you see is, is basically like, it's basically box stock, man. Like the only thing I changed were the wheels and tires. Um, yeah. And I tinted, tinted the windows. <laughs> um, this is, this is, this was how cool and how awesome this kit was that it came out as it did. Uh, that thing is so nice. Cause this is a, a new kit from Hasegawa. Um, I had never seen before when I saw the solicitations for this kit, I was excited, you know, just um, everything that they were showing behind this kit. And, you know, I was thinking, man, I hope to get my hands on this one of these days in the future when it comes out to build one. And when we're at the show, I, you know, I saw yours and I, I was like, man, just staring at it in person was like so cool just to, to see it there. Thank you, man. Yeah. What, what would you say was like the one of your favorite parts out of the build? Um, honestly, when I was putting on like this rear panel because these things came in so many parts like you can really detail this kit like the grill i don't know if i can really show it to you but the grill came in like at least two pieces which is not common at least from what i built so i was able to paint you can see the difference in colors from the surrounds around the headlights which is like a, a steel color to the flat back to even the emblems were parts, man. Like these were all, these aren't just decals. Like they were literal parts that you can glue um, onto the grill. The taillights were another awesome part. Like this one taillight, they came with like those, um, what is it called? Where um, it's metal and it sticks on with the glue. You can see on the center. Um, and then the, the, the chrome around it was a separate part apart from the actual taillight and then there's another piece behind the taillight to give it the reflection and then there's the panel i mean it's it was just fun i mean i, I it was just fun like i had to take my time with it um because you know when you're working with that much detail you can easily screw things up um but even with the instructions like being very clear on what colors you should use i mean you can paint whatever you want but uh, there's a lot of variations of colors throughout this this build as well. Even the fender flares came out separate. Those stressed me out the most because I had to paint them and then glue them on. Um, and my biggest, there's two, two of the biggest things that I worry about when I build is getting glue either on the windshield when installing them or, you know, same thing with the paint, especially when you're putting on gluing parts to like 
um, already painted bodies, you know. Um, but I was able to do it because everything fits so well. Um, it just it just makes it that much more fun. It, it made me want to build, keep building. I didn't, you know. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, this is so cool, man. I really like that you're sharing that information regarding the uh, the parts. I didn't know that there's you know a, a lot of those parts that have separated uh, that you can detail and and then put together. Yes, um, it's unfortunate. Like I tinted the the glass because I wanted to give it a slight tuner look. And I apologize. The only other thing is I, I made a bigger exhaust tip instead of the dual. I shaved that little bottom of the panel um, at the bottom and then put, but other than that, everything else is stock. You can, but even looking at the bottom of this car, like this car doesn't have an engine. And this thing is better than most of my 125 scale <laughs> fully detailed kits, man. I mean, look at this. And this is all just, you know, a curbside kit and it looks amazing and it looks real. And you, it even comes with like different ride heights, like with the suspension, you can build it stock or I chose to use the lowered suspension. And I love that. I wish more kits did that. It would save us from having to chop up parts to give it the, the look that we want. And this one just, it made it easy. Um, like I said, the only, I got these zoom on wheels. I got some four lug wheels that kind of kind of fit the era, but not stock. I mean, obviously, because I wasn't trying to build an original looking GTR, um, but I did want to give it like that kind of slight custom look that, you know, maybe someone from Japan, if they wanted to build a replica of it, but they didn't have to worry about it being original. Maybe this is what it would look like, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the you mentioned about the fender flares that, you know, uh, you had to paint them first and then you had to glue them on. What kind of glue uh, did you end up using to attach the fender? fender well, I, I ended up choosing, I did end up using a CA glue. Um, I use, usually use Bob Smith Industries, but in that one, like I have, you know, we know how many glues we have, but I ended up using like a, a an extra thin one. And I mean, it took me, I think that day, that was the only thing I did that day was put on those fender flares because I was like, I just took my time because I basically taped on the fenders and then I would have to, with a toothpick, go in underneath. I went in before the wheels were on, um, go in underneath where the joint was and just barely touch it with the glue. And luckily the stuff dries really quick, the super, the super thin glue. Um and you got to use very, 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 very little. Use less than you would think because that glue, when it's so thin, it runs. It can run just like water almost and ruin your paint real quick. So it's really stressful. I think next time I might use like white glue because that stuff's much easier to clean. It doesn't damage paint. Um, but I think I like this because it, it's a little bit more sturdy. But it was stressful. It was probably the most stressful part of this <laughs> build was putting on those fenders, <laughs> fender flares. <laughs> Man, that's cool. What what other? Uh, I see a couple cars in the background. Um, yeah. Which of the next do you want to show us? Well, I guess um, I don't want to say these are my favorites because they're all the next one's always my favorites. But I just recently finished uh, this four four two. Um, but I really like this car because not only the color, it's as an actual 
pink color that came out in 1971. It's called Bittersweet. It's probably one of my most favorite parts. But also, I put on this, I gave it a more of a resto mod look with these wheels from um, Z Force um, Model Works. I think that just makes me love this car so much uh, with the stance and the wheels and tires. Um, I think that's probably my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this. And those big brakes. But then what I also, and this is what I love about full detail kits. Is I put in an LS swap, which can be fun, but I painted the block like the original blue color. So I kind of, and the air cleaner, the idea here is to make it kind of look traditional. I mean, if you know your engines, you know your engines, but like the whole idea is to make it kind of be like, oh, what is that? And you know, it's just a high performance machine, I guess is what I, is what I wanted to build. Man, that's nice, bro. Oh, uh, th that build there. Um, this is one of your latest builds. Did it take you long to do? Yeah, um, this one probably took me. I don't know, two months. I I I had some. I, I don't want to say I had some issues with the paints, but the paint gave me a little bit of um, trouble in the sense of. I normally like to use. Uh, Tamiya, Tam, uh, Tamiya paints, um, they're, they lay down super smooth and like a lot of the model paints work great, but I like I found this automotive paint that I really like their colors. Um, I guess the best way to put it is I'm not as good at using those paints. Um, it, it is different. Um, so it took me a while to, to, to fix this and make it look decent. I had to, I went through, I had to do a couple decals on the hood because I guess I didn't give it enough time in between coats and clear coat, which I normally do fine. Like it's, you know, I've been doing it for a while, but it turned out this paint's different, but um, I eventually got it and I think it came out decent. No, it looks nice. And then the, the wheels too, you were saying Z-Force? Yeah. I love these wheels. They were some wheel, weld wheels, uh, big inch, you know, wide tires. Um, sorry, that's not a good picture. <laughs> Small, uh, I think they're uh, in the front are 18s and the back are 20s. Really cool. Really, there, it's like a a two piece wheel too. So I was able to detail them with the black and the the silver. Um, I I I didn't go for much chrome, really any chrome on this car. Um, I went more for like a a, a like a silver, a gloss silver look, even even painted the trim on it to kind of match it. So that took me some time. Like all this trim, I had to tape off and paint. Um, I didn't put on the wing, uh, which normally the 442s come with, because again, I like to make my models a little different and I wasn't trying to build anything original and I, I liked it without the wing. <laughs> That's just my style. Most I usually like things that go fast and aren't as pretty but um this one's kind of pretty yeah that's pretty dope man I, I like it yeah it's a trip about the trim you know i remember the first time having to uh paint like black trim on a car yeah. and uh -huh. i was like you know i was talking to george vision 124 i'm, I'm yeah. like consulting him hey how do i do this and he's all <laughs> like uh you have to like back mask the whole car 
and just leave you know those areas and and that he's like first clear coat your car and everything and then when you're gonna go back and do this you got a back mask it yeah and then you know hit it with like a flat paint color and i went ahead and did that and then he's all you know in case if like you go over like some of the paint goes in the good thing about if it's clear coated you could always wipe that off yes um yes and i was like all right cool so i ended up doing it but it just tripped me out how much work it was about you know trimming but then again when you go ahead and do it all that backlash it's like it's worth it at the end you know yeah and i think that also ties into why this one took longer to build is because we're dealing with paint man you really got you really have to let them uh fully cure um i mean you should anyway sometimes you can get away with it if if you go faster than you should but i'm to the point now like i let bodies gas out for at least a week because i mean I mean, even though they're, they're hard and they seem dry, things could happen that are weird. And then you're just mad at yourself. I think the hardest part of the trim on this car was painting that trim. That's on the hood, the silver. I had to tape that off and paint it. And that was, again, that was pretty stressful. And it doesn't seem like much, but, you know, since it's not a separate part, and it had to, it ties into the grill itself. If you don't do it, I mean, it's probably still look good, but you know, I wanted it to look real good. So see how it becomes a square. I think that was probably the, the tedious part of painting this because, you know, whenever something that small, there's barely any real like um, panel line either. <laughs> so. I don't know. It was hard. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like you have to. You could even have to scribe in your own panel line, huh? Yeah, and and I tried that even, and I had to stop because like it's so shallow. I was just worried about scratching the whole plastic, and because that can happen. Like mm-hmm. half the time when I scribe my cars, I usually end up going back and having to super glue like some scratches because you know my hand slip or whatever it might be. So. <laughs> yeah that one i just i went for it but luckily it turned out pretty good yeah no that's dope man and those are the type of details like i like to put in my cars um Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes it's like i like to make them unique um but when it comes to fit and finish like stuff like that matters to me i notice that on other people's cars too i can tell when people take that time to to do a certain thing especially if i've already built the model um but those are one of the things like when you buy the kit, you don't think about, and then you get to that point, you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you put the hood on and you realize the trim isn't painted. And you're like, oh man, I got to paint that. <laughs> yeah. Is this a model you uh, would definitely build again in the future? Yeah, it was actually a decent kit. Um, I believe if I know it's an older kit, but I think the body's new, but all the other parts in it are not new. Um, even the engine, the actual stock engine was, was really cool. I actually built it and painted it because I liked it so much. So I wanted it to look like, hey, this guy pulled out a perfectly good 455 big block to put in an LS. <laughs> um, but it, it was a good kit. Fit and finish was, it felt older, if you know what I mean, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, I really like the way the, like the hood just sits, like when you fit yeah. it in and everything, even after paint and clear um it it just it just fits nice yes that's a big thing too that's something i've ran into many times if you don't pay attention to clearances man like i've had too many hoods ruin my 
paint jobs because mm-hmm. you think they're going to fit and they don't. And then they take a little chip out with them. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the, the issue with some builds uh, recently where I put too much clear. Yeah. And, and then the windows don't fit. <laughs> and I'm right. Like, Dang. No. Yeah, dude. And, and that's another thing about building. Like those are some of the things about, you know, sometimes the older kits are that way. It's like, it can really bum you out, man. Like you put a lot of time into something and then you realize that doesn't even fit. Like you got to test everything. But at the end of the day, sometimes you're like, that should fit. Like, come on. <laughs> um, if I can show you this one, uh, Edgar, I just, fin- this is my latest one. I haven't even posted yeah. anything on it. Let's on check it out. Media. So in this case, this kit is a re-release. Um, it's probably the third Camaro I've built. Um, but, uh, I saw similar cars. I don't, I don't really build replicas, but I take a lot of influences from cars I see. Um, and I like the Street Outlaws um, show. And they recently did a show with just small tire street cars. And um, one of the main guys, his name is Ryan Martin. He had a beautiful 69 Camaro. And I was like, I want to build one just like that. So I did. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the same, but... Um, there, there's not a lot of modifications, but I feel like there's enough that make it, um, to me, pretty cool. Again, this is one of those um, uh, original paint colors. It's called Olympic Gold. Um, I got this hood. I think I got it on eBay, but I think it's from that um, person. I think it's Black Boxy. Um, he makes like resin parts. And this hood is like, it's so fitting for this car. Um, I also bought these these wheels online to give kind of like the look of like, that's a big look in street cars these days, like the big front wheel and the smaller tire or wheel in the back with the big tire. So it's, it's nothing crazy, but this is like what I really like to build. I like to look something that looks pretty good, but it's more about the go than show. So I built like a, a big block in here. This is my favorite part of it um, with a, you know, tunnel ram with fuel injection, um, which I kind of had to steal some parts. It has like some control modules. So it's kind of like a modern take on an old car. Um, and again, I just finished this one. Everything else about it is pretty basic. Um, I kind of made it, I gave it the stripes and the look and the badging of like an original you know, 396 big block, but you know, it's not. Damn, that's crazy, man. I'm tripping out. I, I, I like the hood. So that you said it was black box that I designed that. Yeah. I bought on eBay and I don't remember the name, but whenever I seen his work and I look at these, like they're, they seem identical to me. So if I misspeak, I, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it was his design. Um, so this is like a resin hood. This thing fits better than the stock hood. Um, it took, it took a little bit of work to get to, to sand it like smooth. Cause we know how resin can be, but mm-hmm. that being said, it was, it's a great piece. It's not anything like out of an or- ordinary, but the fit of it, it fit, it seriously fits better than the stock hood. Um, it was meant it's to got be. like, <laughs> it's got like a wider, the cowl itself is wider than the stock one and it's not super high, but it's obviously tall enough to fit that, that big ass intake manifold. Um, I also got like a, 
I got a chassis on eBay where it has the, the bigger fender whales to fit the big tires. And then, you know, obviously I put a fuel cell in there to make it kind of, kind of cool, kind of racy. Man, that's dope. I like the fuel cell. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, is that what it is? That's dope. Yeah. That's a nice detail you added right there. Man. Thanks, man. So that's a, so you saw a car just like that, the replica, um, earlier yeah, this year what's that you saw that car earlier this year yes um it was uh on street outlaws it's a it's a show it's a race like street race show mm -hmm. um well it's a lot of racing on the track but there's this one season where they're doing it solely like more like real street cars and really race cars i mean obviously they're racing them um but his car was i mean his car was a little different color um, there's some differences again, it's not a, it's not a perfect replica, but looking at that car, like it makes me think like, man, if I could build a, a street race car, I'd build it like his. So that's what I did here. <laughs> yeah. I like the, the, the lines on the side, like how they, sh how it shoots down how yeah. the black lines and then they just shoot down. That looks, that looks dope. Yeah. It actually turned out, I, I, yeah, it turned out pretty good. Again, my builds aren't perfect, but it turned out pretty good. And you can see even like, I for, and I forget, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the people, person who made these wheels and tires because I want to give them credit. I'll have to look it up when I post this car on, on Instagram, but the brakes are beautiful. I mean, everything about it, like it, it, it kind of makes the car, to be honest, um, when it comes to the stance and, and the look and what I was trying to build. Yeah, I do like the the stance a lot on it. It looks nice. It looks mean, bro. Like yeah, it's <laughs> so scene, low. I'm having trouble getting the front of it. <laughs> this thing's gonna terrorize the the, the street. You know. That's dope, man. Now it looks it looks super dope. And then as far as like you know painting, um, so you're doing all this through airbrush. I have never used an airbrush. Oh dang! So this is all just rattle can. I use yes, I use rattle can. Um, it looks clean, bro. Thanks, man. Um, I've gotten pretty good at using spray cans. Um, I'm still learning. I definitely don't have it perfect. And I'm pretty sure I have friends who are trying to get me into airbrushing because it's obviously a better tool, I believe, just from what I've seen. Um, so I feel like I have to put in a little bit more work. But when it comes to spraying with an airbrush, it's more so set up. Um, I feel I'll do it one day. Um, but I actually, you know, when it comes to to rattle cans like it does good and you know i have probably have to put in more work into i'm still learning i guess if you will about like uh cutting and sanding and and polishing like i definitely am not perfect with that yet um and i think i have to put in more work to get the the finishes that I, i'm looking for um but it's working out i i think these two cars look pretty good these are some of my cleaner cars. Um, I like building cars that are ratty as well. Patina, whatever you want to call it. Um, sometimes those are less stressful because <laughs> you don't yeah. have to worry about ruining them. <laughs> yeah. As, as far as like the, uh, like when you're done with the build, do you have trouble kind of deciding what's going to be next on the table? Yeah. Um, I've had trouble with motivation for a little while and recently like i've i'm i've so i built these last two cars i've shown you within a like so the orange one took me about a month and a half 
this gold one I finished within a month. Like I was just moving and it felt really good. Nice. Um, I mean, obviously I didn't, I had all the parts ready and I didn't do any super major modifications. Um, but yeah, it's, I've, I've been feeling really good about um, the work that I've been doing and, and building what I want from the Japanese car to, you know, two different style of American cars. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think what I've been doing recently is I've had some old builds that have been sitting for a long time that I'm, I'm trying to, to finish. Um, so I found one that I started four years ago. I found it. I did. I forgot about it. Um, I was going, my wife works from home and I was, I had some stuff underneath her desk and I was kind of going through it and I was like, why did I stop building this car? <laughs> because like, so this is, I'll show you what it is. Like, this is my next one. It's, it's another muscle car. Um, it kind of, it's a, it's the 70 Barracuda, but I had already painted this. Like I had already done so much work. I, I need to re-clear it. But I was just like, why did I stop? Like, what, what, what was I thinking that I just like decided, like, I don't want to do this anymore because I had done the interior. <laughs> I had done the full detail on the motor. And I'm not even a Dodge guy, but this car or a Plymouth guy, but this car is freaking cool. So, you know, sometimes right now that's kind of the motivation I'm going with. Um, I don't know, man. It really depends. It, it, it re like a lot of time the motivation comes from a magazine or a, a car show that I watch or like this Hasegawa one that I built. Um, the one that, that you, um, that we featured is like, I've always loved GTRs. And when this car came out, like my, some of my problems with some of the older, some of the Japanese kits is that like didn't have a real suspension. The bodies look great, but you know, sometimes I want a little bit more than that. Like when it comes to underneath and the stance and then Hasegawa came out with that kit and like everything just lined up. So I was like, I got to buy that. And I did. And, and when I got here, I actually built it. And that's another, another thing when kits come, like you go through them, sometimes you don't build them right away, but that one I did because it was such a nice kit. And it was a car that I've always loved. So, um, I don't know, man. It just, it, <laughs> it's usually something that I see. And then I just, I was like, I've even put things down in the middle of building them when I see something else that I'm really motivated for. Cause I'm just like, you know, you know, I try not to do too much of not finishing builds, but at the same time, sometimes you got to follow motivation. You know, I want to keep it going. And if I see something I really like, then, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. I like how you said that. You do gotta chase like the motivation, like it's there. And, you know, if it's on to the next, and it's on to the next, but you could at least always revisit that one. You know, back later, that build. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it could be too like you want to do something, but you might not be ready for it, where it pauses and you move on to something else. Like you gotta learn those skills somewhere else, and then come back. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Like, I, I, I can say the same about a lot of builds. Like, this happened more than once where I have some kits, I have some resin kits, um, and I'm just, I'm scared to build them. Like, some of them, like, not a lot of them, but some of them I just, when it comes to the rarity of a kit, like, 
I acknowledge it, but it usually doesn't stop me from building it. If I want to build something, I'll build it. I don't care. But there's some things that are like, when I build it, I, it needs to be right. And if I'm not ready for that, I don't want to ruin it. Like that's sometimes that's your one chance to do it. So, yeah. And, and as far as like the, the stash, like, do you keep, even though you're working on some kits, do you still keep bringing more and more kits into the fold? Like as far as collecting and then, you know, to catalog and build in the future? Yeah, I've slowed down a lot, but yes, I do. Um, it was more of a problem before, and I don't say problem as a bad thing. Like, it's very fun collecting kits, and some of the kits I buy just for parts, too. Um, sometimes if I want to build something specific that a manufacturer doesn't make, um, you got you to gotta kit bash, man. Like, you got to get the stuff that you need to make it proper. I care. I care more so for function than, than just the look of it, you know? So that being said, it's like, I built like one, I built a 1969 Roadrunner and I built a 1969 Chevelle and I built those both as the cars weren't meant to be. And they weren't crazy different. Um, one of them was a Copo, the Chevelle was a Copo, but the kit didn't come that way. And there's some very specific stuff that makes you need to make it do that. Same with um, the Roadrunner. I want to make an A12, which were very specific original hot rods or muscle cars of the day, like the the best of the best back in the day. And I, that's the kind of uniqueness I like out of my builds. I don't need to make them crazy. Um, I don't know what the term is. I, I just like to make something unique enough that you might not even notice that what it is. A lot of people, unless you know cars, sometimes you won't sometimes people don't realize <laughs> what I built. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. It's like, it's like you're adding your flavor, your touch, you know, it, it's yeah. like if uh, let's say, you know, you, you had a shop or someone hired you, like, you know, we have access to, we're going to build this car, but how do you want it designed? You know, like, how do you want to do it? And you want to add your flair. If it was a one-on-one -on -one scale, you know, you, you would yeah. already know, like in the drawing board, like I already got the model right here. Like I already know, you know, when when needs to be done and they're like, cool, we're going to do it. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Like, and, and that's a big thing too, is like a lot of these, like, like you said, like I, I would drive all the cars I build. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like that's how I would want them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like and now that, you know, it's like, I'm working on a, on an EF9 right that black one with, with yeah delivery that has like the scale riders thing on it right and going forward with this build i'm looking at it more i mean i am inspired uh from like the the kanju like the japanese racers but the kanju zoku but i'm also like all right if if i had this car in real life how would i want to really uh present this like how would i really feel like like happy proud or whatever like a good feeling yeah. bring this around you know the the way it looks what's inside of it like what's you know all these details that i want to add to it right and, you know before it wasn't too much of that it was more like all right i'm gonna do kind of like a fantasy build i'm gonna add all these mods and all these things that like who knows maybe they could do them in real life and maybe not but yeah. with this one it's a little bit more like i want to do something like if in real life i, I could drive it around for sure you know I I think if I can show you another model, one of yeah, them, let's see it. Bust this out. is one I built 
a while ago. Um, so it's a little older, but um, this is another skyline that I built. This is probably like my favorite year skyline. And so when I built it, like I had to wait for the, the street customs version, obviously, like I couldn't build it with the, there's two versions of this kit, but when I built it, I built it with a, with a naturally aspirated RB26. And to me, this makes the freaking car. Like I love the car, like the car is freaking awesome. But for the performance of it for me, like this engine made me want to build this car when I, and I think I saw it somewhere. I think I saw in a, in a magazine or a tuner magazine, like somebody did this. Um, I don't think the color on this car was my best choice, but <laughs> uh, when it comes to the drivetrain and, and like the reality of it, like I would love a car like this. Like, I don't care. I mean, original is great. Like it shows us where things came from and they're very important. But also if I actually had to build a car, like if I want even an old car, like I'd want something like this. I would rather have something that was kind of modern, but not like it looks old, but it still can keep up with the newer cars. And, and that's, that's another idea I like to put into to my builds. Um, to me, this is, is one of my favorite cars. It turned out pretty decent, um, but at the same time, it's, it's that one aspect that really makes me love that car is that engine. Yeah, and and that's a Tamiya kit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, because there's like a there's like a couple versions, right? There's the like the custom, and then the stock yes. version. I actually also built the stock custom before I built this, and after I built that one, that's a cool car. Like the originality of it is like that car mm-hmm. was cool back in the day. Like that car was, you know, the fastest thing you can get um, out of Japan, and I mean, on the road course especially, it beat a lot of cars here in America. But then I was just like, but, you know, I don't love that car. <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the wheels I put on it, like, um, I think those are Volk Racing wheels or um, TE37s maybe. Dang. But again, the whole man. point is just like, and this is when, like, another part of, like, building through the years is learning one of the big things I've I've gotten better at is, like, suspension and, like, stance. Um, it was really hard um, at first. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's, it, you know, when you learn it, it's, you realize, oh, it's not that hard, but um, I'd love to make this car lower than it is now back, but I didn't know how to back then. So, you know, it's just one of those things. It's still a cool car. It's a cool street car, but yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that that's one of the things uh, that I admire about like building a lot of the Japanese cars is the stance. Yeah, um, because you know, from from building lowrider cars, I feel like you get away with a lot of things. You can, like, the way of lowering is just you, you cut a lot of stuff out. You can lower the car. Sometimes suspension isn't even used. You know. Yeah. Just it's almost like a curbside, pretty much, like very static. You know, as long as that body is like slammed to the ground, and it has some uh-huh. like, wheels, like boom, you're good, right? But right. later, I was like. Okay, I kind of want to learn how to do it like the proper way, or at least trying to use as many parts as possible that come with the kit, but modifying them. Yeah, for sure. And you know, over over time, it's like I had to like wrap my head around the suspension. Like, all right, how am I gonna? Where am I gonna cut? How am I gonna make this to make it make sense? You know, and and then when I start to see other people's cars and I see the stance, like. I, I appreciate it a lot and I go, dang, like I could tell that one, like they probably went through a lot of work in the beginning, 
But I, I could tell like through the years, you probably learned that it starts to kind of, everything comes together fast. Yeah. You know? So you got a plan. You got a plan way farther ahead than I realized. <laughs> and if you, <laughs> yeah. if you do that, like it's all in the prep, right? Like if you, if you take the time in the beginning, it yeah. should hopefully work out how you want in the end. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I recently ordered um, some wheels from Lowrider Model Car Parts, uh, Gavin, you know, and, and yeah. And I got the wheels in and I'm so happy, bro. I'm like, oh my God, I got these wheels or they're, they're just so bright they're chrome. And, you know, I have a few lowrider builds that need to be updated with the wheels. So I had hit him up, Gavin, beforehand, before I ordered them, just to kind of consult him like, all right, bro, on my 67 Impala, uh, what do you recommend as far as size? I want to go with straight lace and this and that. So we started going through every car. So he recommended and, you know, I got the wheels in. I started like, you know, like a quick little mock-up, like, let me put it with the dude. I was like, oh, this is it. Like, dude, that's awesome, gonna, man. This is that's, cool. That's like, like real car stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then it's funny because I pulled out the 67 and I, and I took off the, the wheels they had, the prior ones, right? Took them all off. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to put the, these new ones on. And then as I take everything off, I'm looking at the bottom, right? And then I'm starting to see like the front suspension, how I, the way I, at the time, and I'm talking about like, this is 2017, <laughs> that I go, dang, like I could see some parts where I just cut right through them. Yeah. And I just kind of glued it, like it's all Frankenstein. Yeah. And, and I put the wheels in and it, it, it sat fine. But now with the stuff that I learned, I'm going, all right, when I have the time, I'm going to go back and revisit that car. And I'm going to have to like just fix the A-arms again and put some new parts in there and then fit these new wheels in because yeah. I just, I want it, I want it to look proper, you know, because yeah. if the wheels are looking dope and stance and if someone like kind of peeks in, I want <laughs> it to also look pretty proper in there, you know? Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I think that's, that's a big part of it. But sometimes, man, like I, I, I admit there's been some builds where I just I just fit the wheels on at the end because um, sometimes I mean, it depends on what you're building, like everything is dependent. So, you know, I've done something in, in the past where I just I glued them on because all I cared about was that one aspect of the car. You know, there's some things you live with. Some of those ones might not make it to a model car show. I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely um, like somewhere. Um, it's just, you get to a point where you're like, damn, I want it to look this way, but it's going to be a lot of work and this and that. And it's like, nah, I'm just <laughs> like, there was this dude on uh, Twitter that I was, I'm following and he likes to post everything he does to, to his JDM cards. Right. And he just showed how like the, the, the bottom piece of the model, how it has the wheel well. Yeah. He, he just cuts the, the top of the wheel well off. And then he puts like a, a flat piece of styrene just sticking out. Yeah. And he just glues his, his wheel on that piece of styrene to have like that, that stance, uh, like cambered look. The camber. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then after that, he just pops in the bottom. He's like, cool, done. And all his friends are commenting like, man, I envy you. Like, how do you do it? Because they're trying <laughs> to do it. And they, they say they're having trouble getting that correct camber on. Yeah. Each. But I think since he's been doing it for a minute, it's already like he he just does it boom boom and and both all sides look even yeah so i'll have to find the photos dude and i'll send them to you too because he, po he posts on there and i'm like oh yeah. that's dope 
So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like a, a wrong, a bad thing, you know. It's just like you no. said. It, it just depends what you want so. for and the type of car. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's the cool thing about this this community of what we do. I mean, I'd like to say before, like you asked earlier, what what did I start with, like types of cars and those muscle cars, and I if I'm completely honest, I don't think I started even appreciate really appreciating different cars until I started building models because what it, what it did for me was like, when I build something, I research it, you know, like I, cause I try to make it pretty accurate. It doesn't have to, again, I don't make replicas, but I like to make, if I see something, I, I will look at pictures over and over different angles so I can kind of make it how I think I want it to look, but it also forced me to learn about some of these cars. Um, like some of the Japanese cars, like the first one I built was a, uh, like I'm in love with an AE86 um, from uh, Initial D. Like I remember watching that cartoon and thinking like, this is not what I grew up watching. But like as you watch it, you're like, oh, that's freaking cool. So I remember when when I saw the Initial D car, the the Torino, I was like, I have to have that, and and it grew from there. So I mean, I I feel like. I had like I mainly build hot rods and muscle cars and American cars, but I really do love being able to branch out and build different things because they're just as cool, man. They're just different. Um, but when you really look at them, like there's a reason they were cool in different cultures or whether it was in America or Japan or whatever other country they came from. Like <laughs> there's cars are cool, man. And, and I think I like that part the most about building is I really come to appreciate different people's builds different people's styles. A lot of the NorCal guys like to build lowriders, even like cars that I would like, but I would never build them like that. And I'm not trying, I don't diss any of them. In fact, I respect most of them because the stuff they do is amazing. You know, um, it's just a different aspect of cars and, and that's what makes it fun, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Can you show us that, that Trueno? Yeah. Well, this one is even older, so... <laughs> But I loved this car was also super fun. Um, it's an eight eighty six. I did my best to make it just like the the car the the cartoon or the, the show. Um, it's got the uh, it came with a full. This one actually came with a full detail kit. Um, headlights open and closed. Shoot, sorry. Let me open this. And of course I can't open it. Anyway, it comes with like a full detailed engine. I actually want to build another one of these because I haven't built this in so long. I feel like I can do it a lot better now. Um, and these kits are, these are like the Aoshima kits. I don't know if you ever built one of these, but these cars in general are fun. This kit is super fun. Again, when it comes to fit and finish. Um, yeah. The little four cylinder in this car is amazing. I wish I could open it. There. Like it's a full detail kit with an engine. Like I said, it's a high performance engine. I remember building it, realizing like, oh, like that doesn't look like a stock. Like the options weren't just to build it stock. It looks like a, you know, somebody souped it up or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's dope. So that that kit does come with that engine. It does. Some of them do. Some of them don't. You gotta you gotta really look at the instructions. I look at the 
all the instructions for a lot of these Japanese cars are posted on this Japan um, Japan link. Is it Japan link? Or is it the uh, the hobby search that shows it? Yes, hobby search. Yes. Yeah. Before I buy any Japanese cars, I look through all the cars, all the instructions. I want to make sure it's like what I want to build. And this was one of them. I was like, this has an engine. It's got a full suspension. Um, it's got the AGE engine. Like everything about this car is super cool to me. And it's got like individual throttle bodies and these all and header. And this all came in the kit. Like it wasn't even like I had the kit batch or like fine or resin aftermarket stuff. Like I was like, okay, that's cool. So yeah, this is one of my favorites. That's why I brought it out. Everything about this car is cool to me. Yeah, that's a that's a dope car, dude. That looks really cool. Thanks for sharing us with that. Because even the I saw you fold the the lights, the headlights. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty Thank cool. You. Yeah, man. It's a cool kit. Dang, that's that's really awesome. Before we forget, too, um, if you if you have time, if you can get those two cars that we talked about, uh, yeah, those first ones, I, I want to uh, be able to show those for the viewers. Um, just let me know when you want to grab them. I'll go grab them if you want to look at that for a second. Yeah, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, I just want to um, shout everybody out that's tuning in right now to the uh, here to the live stream this is episode 212 uh, we're here with patrick also known as supermodel alley if you're just tuning in uh for those listening uh through the audio uh make sure uh you hit the link later when this episode's up so you can also view the uh, the video too that we're recording right now live uh, patrick's just showing us you know all the the different styles of cars that he builds uh, and man they're beautiful it's, it's all dope work and I mean, I just get pumped every time I see these uh, these builds. I, I get pumped. Um, you know, I'm currently working on on my Civic, but when I see stuff like this, it, it gets me a lot of motivation for my next uh, projects. You know, to just wrap them up. Damn, here we go. All right, I'm I'm gonna right, take it from here. <laughs> so this is the '64 Fairlane. Um, yeah, man. Like I I pretty much hand painted this whole body. And again, I was surprised, like, if you look at it really close, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I remember painting, I remember this car was so cool because of the engine, but you can see like, how kind of, <laughs> I think I hand painted that A little shaky hands. Um, but yeah, the, the engine to me on this car was so cool. It was a, it's a really detailed kit. They still knock these out, I think, these days. I have another one I want to build. I feel like, I can, again, I can do it better. But you can see, like, the black um, part of the interior tub <laughs> when it should probably be body color. Um, I use very basic colors on this. You can kind of see, looks like there's probably some glue right under there on the engine. I don't know how good that is. You can see, but... There's like really no detail on the, the chrome, but it was fun, man. Like I remember, I remember building this and I remember when I was done, I was so excited um, because it was basically the first car that I finished. Very That's basic. Crazy. And you, and you said you were what, uh, 13 or 15 when you did this? Probably 13, I think. 
And here is like one of the, I think the second one, maybe the third model was this Camaro. Again, the paint is not very good. You look at it. I mean, it's a complete model. It's not horrible, I guess, when you look at it, but like I didn't do any of the window trims. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, like it was kind of like you don't really know back then. You can see like this is my biggest thing, glue on the window. Oh, I hate when I build like that. I can I still do that sometimes and you gotta sand it. But yeah, these are two of the first ones, and at least the only two that I still have for my original builds. I remember I was really into it when I was when I built these cars. I was really yeah. happy with these. Those are cool. Would you ever uh in the future uh consider like getting those models again to to do a, a new take on them? I mean, meaning same color, try to like let let's say you do the same color, but it's just all the skills you've learned and all the, your methods of painting and, and detail, and then just having them like a side by side in the future. You know, like that's actually a pretty interesting question. I would think, yes, the answer is yes, I would consider doing that. Um, I think my initial reaction would want to build it better and different just to have it different in my collection. Like, like you can see, if you look at these two, oh, sorry, let me flip it back. I mean, if you really look at these two, like these are basically the same kits, but if you, if you look at them closely, you can tell which one is, you know, the better quality, if you will um but you know it would be kind of cool to build like another z28 with same stripes the same engine or even the fairlane i haven't i have both <laughs> i have both of those models in my stash <laughs> so i could <laughs> potentially do that um no yeah i mean just like a a thought you know for future yeah. um it'd be interesting to see it'd be kind of cool yeah because you could say like Yo, I, I built this one at this age, and now I built this one at this age, you know? Yeah, I built it, what, 30 years later? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's cool, man. I always wonder, like, with, with, like, everyone, you know, like, all of us that build model cars, right? Like, as we get older, and, and we have all these cars that we're, we're holding on to, you know, there, I know there's some people that sell their cars or they give a car to a friend. But, like, do you ever wonder, like, you know, when we get really old or, or we're not here no more, like, are we going to have the chance to at least maybe give a model to like a family member and be like, look, remember me with this car. Every time you look at that car, remember that yeah. I did it. I don't know. Do you ever think about I, I hope so. Like that would be yeah. like, that's a good thought. Like that, if I could see past being dead, I think that would make me happy because these models make me happy. I mean, I hope my kids don't just throw it all away whenever you I know, know right? Dang. Like, like, but you don't know. I mean, we don't know what our kids are going to want, and <laughs> however long that is. Um, or my wife, for that matter, she might want to get rid of it, like make some room. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I'm getting to the point where I don't have a lot more room to store models, but I'm still building them right now. Mm -hmm. And I've I've thought about giving some away, or I mean, I don't want. I'm not going to throw them away, but I don't know what to do with them at this point. But I just don't, I don't, I don't want to stop building. It's, it's, it's something that's, it's a good, it's good thing for me to do as a hobby, but it also, you know, I don't want to say it keeps me out of trouble, but it keeps me busy and it keeps me from, you know, 
I guess going out and doing other things. That, yeah. That's... And as far, as far as like your time, dude, when it comes down to building, like, are, are you building at night, early mornings? What, what's like the time when you're by yourself in the zone and you're like, I got at least an hour or a few hours to work on something? Most of the time I work best in the mornings. Um, when it comes to the afternoon, I always get distracted. I might get just a little tired. It's just, like I said, motivation. Like the end of the day, I just be like, eh, I'd rather do something else or, you know, hang out with my kids. So in the morning I'm the best because I'm fresh. You know, I have my cup of tea or whatever. And I'm like, and if I have that time, obviously, like it doesn't always happen that way, but that's when I like to build. Um, but also when I get closer done with a project, like I find myself putting more and more time into it because you know, when you see the finish line, you just want to get it done. And usually I finish a model in the evening times because, um, I don't know, it just happens to be that way. It's, it's like, you don't want to wait till the next day to do these last two parts or decals. You just stay up and you're just like, I'm just going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, and as far as like waking up early, you know, to, to work, do, do you end up sleeping early like the night before just so you're you're fresh to get up <laughs> or do you still yeah. stay up late no uh, <laughs> on the weekends i'll stay mm -hmm. up late during the week i i don't know i'm not an early bird but i you know i have to get up fairly early in the morning so you know that has to be part that's i, mean, I guess that's just a balance mm -hmm. of my life i gotta get some rest otherwise i'm worthless to everybody um, yeah 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 I've but been, like mm -hmm. go ahead no i was just gonna say i don't i don't know what it is man it, it, i've just been like i don't know if i feel like i'm in uh like i need to get this bill done for the show that's coming up but lately like these like last like week or so i've been like super pumped and amped and like working on stuff i haven't really awesome. been posting much like without the progress uh, I, I i just been kind of just doing it and then if anything well the the discord the, the that platform if anything yeah. probably put pictures there you know because cool. it's more like a forum kind of vibe and then that's it but uh, instagram i haven't posted any progress on there but i've been feeling good though just like you know focusing on with what's going on yeah like, i know. i i yeah i i can i definitely relate to that because if you look at my feed over the last two years it's it's very slim i do shows i post a lot when i go to shows but that's like once or twice a year i've been trying to put up progress pics lately but i don't know man that part it doesn't feel as fun to me anymore like posting on instagram it still is actually i'm on instagram enough like i see everybody's work i love what people are building and i'm like one of those what do they call it like people i just go through and like stuff most of the time or comment um i'm trying to get back into it because i i like to be able to share because when i think about instagram I get a lot from it, from seeing other people's stuff. And when I see what people are building, it's not only motivation, but sometimes you see how, what people do and you learn how to do something different or what they did differently. And it's a realization like that part's important too. So if I never post anything, like someone could get that for me. Um, so I don't know, it's a balance, but I haven't been posting as much for the same reasons. Like it's just, it's more, I'm having more fun just building and, I don't want to stop and take pictures sometimes. And <laughs> yeah. I just want to get it done. That's more no, fun. I know, yeah, I know what you mean. Because even like, uh, 
like one of my friends, Joe Altered Works. He wasn't posting yeah. any photos for a minute. He was just building, and I, I talked to him, and I was like, "Yo, what's up, man? You know, how you been? Are you cool? Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Nah, dude, I've been, I've been building. I've been doing all this stuff. It's just, I don't know, man. I just haven't posted anything. I, if anything, when it's done, you know." Yeah, I'm like oh, cool. For him, he was telling me more in his situation. It was like kind of uh, preventing him, sort of like it was. If anything, he he felt more motivated just to kind of build, you know, behind the scenes, focusing on it on the craft, and then later uh, posting it. So it's cool. Like I, I respect, you know, everyone's different, like like perspective or or like the way they want to do things. Because I like yeah. to hear it, you know, because sometimes I, I, I have fallen into that zone where um, I don't, you know, I could like not build anything for weeks. Yeah. And I'm just like stuck. I feel like, man, what the hell is going on? And then later I could be in a zone where I'm just every day. I have that energy of just putting in that work. So it, it keeps ch- it keeps changing all the time. Roller coaster, man. <laughs> in some <It> ways. <laughs> No, it is, dude, and and it's a trip. But but I'm always happy though at the end with what comes out of it, you know. Good. Um, but even if I'm not like, let's say, if I'm not building, I'm in a slump or whatever. I still enjoy, you know, checking out people's stuff and just hearing them like tell me about what they're currently doing and all that. Because I learn a lot of stuff, man, like that too, you know. And yeah. It's still like a sponge, just soaking it all in. Yeah, and when it comes to social media or just Instagram, it's like, there's some amazing stuff out there. Like that's, it's fun. Like it's cool seeing what people are building. Like I'm lucky to say I haven't, I haven't received a lot of the hate or any of that part of it because I, I don't keep it political. When I see political, I keep out of it, but yeah, it's just like, there's some builders like who are extreme or just like clean or whatever it might be. Like there's some, some cool stuff out there, man. And I'm, I'm glad to see it's going really strong and people are building. And Yeah. Have you, uh, have you been using a lot of like 3d printed parts and stuff like that on your builds recently? Um, yeah, I think I've been using 3d printed parts for a while. Okay. Um, a lot of my 3d printed parts come in through like usually engine detail. I think one of the things I love the most about cars are engines, um, which is why I'm drawn to like the, the, the full detail kits because I can really like detail and make them very unique from one to another, even though they can be similar engines, but um, that's really fun for me is engine detail and performance. I think that's a big one for me. So I do, I've been using them for a while. Um, Hopefully one day I'll even be able to start printing my own stuff. um, Cause I think that's, I think that's where it's going. I mean, it's been there. It's not where it's going. It's where it is. Um, but it'd be fun to be able to, to do something even that more unique in a way, like just making it really like specific to what I want to build. Um, there's some real, a lot of things out there, but you know, it's always fun to doing it differently. Like that, that Camaro I built where I, I put the fuel injection rails on the intake. Like those are just like, I took a 3d printed, like tunnel ram in, or um not tunnel ram like a single plane intake a high rise and then i i got like fuel injection rails that would go into the ports like direct port into the intake into the cylinders instead of just going through like a carburetor or a fuel injection that puts the gas through the top stuff like that to me is cool 
um hopefully when and i if i post that people will see that and it would be cool to see people going even farther with specific unique parts because that's what i look for i want to see the people who are making real engine parts or real parts that you see on real cars but um you know just making it for different platforms too like there's so many different things you can do like you never find i rarely find ton of ramp intakes for big block fords i've been i constantly am going like i'll see something i'm like i want to build that and like there's not a lot of unique intake manifolds for fords i don't know why um this is very specific but it's just an example of like it'd be cool like to see people keep expanding or even me doing it if you know i can't find somebody maybe i can learn that or something <laughs> no yeah I, I always uh think like for even for like the japanese cars right like the aoshima like a lot of the curbsides it'd be cool if uh, if there was a way if someone out there could design even just engine bays yes to like yes cut out your hood and just put that in there and then you could buy the engine separate and then you know set it all up but at least you have like the inside of the engine bay right you know that would be that would be pretty dope to have like some kind of design on that and and obviously like specific to to certain yes. cars yes you, know, you could always start off with the popular cars but then also start doing the other cars that are like really like non-popular that later will become popular once you start <laughs> stuff in there you know exactly exactly <laughs> yeah because yeah man I, I don't know i i feel i feel like you know as um as we all progress in our builds from building throughout the years right like you hone your skills with painting interior engine but then at some point once you feel like you're a little bit well-rounded with it you want to keep pushing to the next level next level and i feel like the the details is like that direction where it's headed you want more you know you want yeah. specific things now i think like back then you know everybody was just kind of happy with with whatever was available like cool i'll use that now it's very specific yeah it's very like the the wheels have to be this size you know uh, not only just wheels like a lot of things have to be this a certain size everything's being measured now especially yeah. Uh, with the programs, you know, they're 3D printing and everything. They're doing it to the scale to what it is. And because you always hear these stories where you go, oh, man, they made this model. It's super cool. Or they made this, but it's not to the scale. Yeah. And it's like, it, what the heck? Well, when it comes to wheels, so when it comes to, like, muscle cars and, like, you know, regular 15-inch wheels with big tires, that's that's been around for a while. Like, that's usually you can find what you're looking for. But. Um, like the Z force wheels, like there's a lot of people making wheels now. And I remember before I would, so I have a, I purchased a lot of, um, resin stuff. I have a stash of that set aside for my model kits. Sure. You do too, as most of us do. But I remember when I used to buy the wheels and I'd put them on the cars, they'd just be like, Oh, like these are totally the wrong. Like you're saying, like these are either way too small or the tires are too skinny, like the sidewalls too skinny or just something about it. It didn't fit the car, but they're a lot like, for example, the 442 with those wheels, like I always in the crest of my head, like, is it going to fit? And it's getting better. Like the last couple sets of wheels I bought, I'm putting them on, whether it's 125 or 124, like they're fitting and they look right. And I'm just like, yes, like that's awesome because like 
it's important. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it was such a downer when you buy these awesome set of wheels and you have this picture and you put them up and you're like, Oh, that doesn't look right. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to build that anymore. No. So, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, but it, it goes down to them being very specific with the sizes and like what you're talking about. Like it plays into making it better for the rest of us because those people putting in that time is, is making it, um, making these models, at least for me work. And mm -hmm. yeah. No, nah, it's so it's so true, man. Because you know er everything's just like getting specific, but also the uh, like three D printed, right? I feel like anything that was three printed, three D printed, like two years ago, and then like you could print the same thing now, it's gonna be a big difference. Yeah, you know, and who knows? Another year from now or two years from now, if you reprint some an, uh, an old file or something, and you revamp it or whatever in the system, and then you print it. And you could have, I don't know, for let's say you have a 12k printer or whatever, like the next level <laughs> printer. That thing could probably even be more crisp now that you don't even have yeah. to sand it that much. Right. It's just just a light sand and primer, and you're ready to you're off to the races. Clean it up, yeah. You know, that's where it's going, and that's what's everything's becoming more accessible. Like you can buy printers now. I mean. A lot of the industry I've noticed too is like where you used to have to buy them. Now people are just selling or uh, selling files, where because mm -hmm. a lot of people just have printers now because they're becoming more affordable, but they're still good. Good, the quality is up there where you can just do it from home. You don't have to be a freaking CAD developer in order to to print some cool stuff now. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if people are gonna start. Uh, what's the name of the, I, that site? Uh, like people where people ask questions to like AI. And it comes up with the answers. If they're gonna be like, "Can you design me this engine for this skyline?" Alexa. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it's just gonna like it's gonna bust out right there. Yeah. You day, go man. put this file into your thing and print it. Boom, and you don't yeah. have to do nothing. Right. Um, I don't know. I I just I don't know if it's gonna get to that, but well, you never know. I mean, things are just getting obviously easier with that. You know. Yeah with the stuff but but it, it is exciting times though you know it's not too late i know um you know sometimes we meet people who are like oh yeah i used to build back then and they might be a little hesitant to jump back in there because they might not know like where they're at or what but if anything i feel like a lot of these people still have the vision of what they want as an outcome for their build so it doesn't even matter you could just jump in and yeah you'll you'll get that build out of your mind but have it in physical form yeah it's true you know so have you have you thought about um coming out to southern california for any shows like if not this year but like in the future like next year or something yes i'd like to i really i'm really bummed i wanted to go to gsl so the last one in utah this year um i have a friend ace Ryder, he lives out there i've never met him just kind of like uh we're both friends with grant and he it just I can't go and I'm bummed, but yes, I think every year I tell myself, I want to go at least to one more show. Like, and it's hard, like, you know, with COVID things change, um, but we're getting back to normal. So yeah, I, I'd like to be able to go somewhere. Um, like you come up here, I'd like to go down there just to meet some new people. And I don't know, different style of builds too. Like it'd be interesting. It might be motivating to be honest. Uh, there's some, some some cool stuff yeah dude Different i mean places. i hope 
you know, in the future, you could come out here. It'd, it'd be awesome um, for you to be out here and then, you know, introduce you to other modelers as well. Because yeah. there are some that haven't gone up north either that are just kind of, you know, stay local. But yeah. I think, I think it'd be cool, you know. Um, like you said, see other cars, but then also it gives others to see your cars too. Right. They're on the tables. So right. that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that same that same weekend that the GSL is happening, uh, we're having a show out here, the SoCal Open. Oh yes. On, on, Next uh, month? But it's only one day, it's like June 7th. Uh, okay. Cool. But it's that same weekend uh with the GSL. So I'll be I'll be out here um, you know, there vending and like just chilling. But at the uh at the other one, I wish I wish I could have been able to go too, you know. Yeah. Um that, that would have been cool, but it's just the way that lined up. I was like, dang. And then they keep saying it's the last one. Yeah. Well, a lot of things played into that decision. Mainly by the time I was just like, okay, I want to go. Like everybody's like, oh, like there's no more hotels and stuff like that. And I was like, oh. Oh, what? I didn't think about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dang. then it just gets to the point where you just, I don't know. I remember my buddy uh, Ace re- reminded me last week and I was like, oh, it's like, what weekend is that? And he's like, it's in like two weeks. And I was like, I'm not going, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like before, before Mother's Day. Yeah, oh. that too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? I, I wish they wouldn't, they wouldn't have said it's the last one. You know, I kind of hope maybe like I believe on this the last one. I I realize even the NNL guys I I I volunteer with like we're all the same, but it's different. Like they're getting older and they want to pass the torch. So when I hear about GSL, I just think it's a bunch of guys who are like, I'm probably tired of doing it. Um, it's not worth it, whatever the reasons are. And I'm not trying to be negative, but. Hopefully what will happen is maybe one day it'll revamp it to something else. Like it might be the same people. It might be the same type of show, but just different, you know, and I, and I hope something like that comes out. Um, it's hard to obviously predict that, but you know, there's still a lot of people who want to keep doing what we're doing. So I don't know, it's going to be up to us to, to keep it going. And that's a part of it is these other guys like, you know, don't want to run these shows anymore. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense what you said about passing the torch. I, I feel like a lot of the times that, that's what it is. It's like you you want to pass the torch to the younger community that, that's coming up, but sometimes there is no one or the younger community doesn't want to take it over. You know? Yeah. It might be too sure. much or or maybe they're just not interested at all. And 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 it's and it's hard, you know, and it's almost the same as like running a business. You know, you have businesses that will have like a a, a celebration, like tw- our twenty fifth anniversary, thirty or thirty year anniversary, and you feel, man, that that's a good run right there, twenty five, thirty years. But yeah. when you look at those numbers with those businesses, you got to think, all right, I think the owner is hitting it's like his time to retire. Yeah, he's been doing that for a minute. And may, if it's a family business, maybe they're hoping like, you know, a, 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 a son or someone will take over, a daughter will take over the business. Will step up or something. Yeah. yeah. And so, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know. And, sure. then when, and then when the, the, the owner is like, you know what, like it's done, I'm retiring. 
So then the business closes and everyone's all sad and bummed out. Why, why are you going out of business? And it's like, we're not yeah. going under. It's just, you know, I, I need, I need to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a machine. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It, it could be situations like that or, or situations where, you know, you're just like, dude, we've been doing this for so long. Now I need to rest. Like, because of the stress and, and just, I don't know, it could be a, a lot, you know? Yeah, um, it is, man. And again, it's like, it's where we commune. It's like, these are places where we don't just meet people, but we become friends and stuff. And yeah. with that stuff gone, again, I don't want to be a downer. Like, it's going to be hard to imagine. Like, I mean, like we have social media, but, you mm. know, meeting in person is different. Mm. Yeah. No, it is. I, I just hope that for those that are going to go to it, to just like try to document as much as you can, whether it's video, photos yeah. of the show, of the cars, but also like even if you got photos of like the people who run it, because I, 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 I don't know, you know, I haven't met anybody who runs that particular show. I wish I, I could, but it'd be kind of nice to see like, uh, because I know a lot of people like to be behind the scenes, low key. But it'd be kind of cool to like, you know, like show people like, hey, this person is one of the ones responsible for hosting this. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah, I guess we got to do our part on some level, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like something yeah. just to like put it out there, you know, Yeah. Um, let people know like, yo, this is it. This existed. This happened. <laughs> I was there or, you know. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Um. And um, any other build you want to show us before we uh, wrap up this episode? Oh, man. I brought out a few. I guess I can get yeah, yeah, let's see them. Bust them a, out. A general overview. <laughs> oh. So these are the ones I brought out. Um, so when it comes to my builds, I like to do everything from patina to clean. Like my last two, are, I tried to build them pretty clean. Um, some of them are pretty modified, some of them aren't, <laughs> but most of them are pretty, you know, I think unique in general. You can see some of these trucks, um, this Bronco I did, these are all like resin suspensions and wheels. Um, I'm sure you've heard of like Fireball Model Works. Um, this truck is one of my favorites. Again, I haven't really shown too much of it, but it's got, I put in like a diesel, a diesel engine in that one with a big old turbo. Um, but it's got like, you know, a full suspension upgrade, wheels and tires, everything that, you know, a car should, it's even got, I even put a, a rhino liner in the bed <laughs> to make it like functional. Um, yeah, man, these are just kind of like some of my, my favorite ones. Um, here's one of the, the Mobius kits kind of, I did a body swap instead of making a gasser out of the sedan. I made the gasser out of the, of the SS car, um, which makes it different than just kind of build, but the detail on this kit, like I put a tunnel ram on it I ran some fuel lines, but I don't know. This is the stuff that's fun for me. Like I, I, so for this car, for example, okay, here's something I can talk about this car. For example, I saw a car almost exactly like this. And so I'm, if people don't know, like the Chevy Nova was also called the Chevy two. 
So I saw a car in a magazine or online and it was just like, it's very similar. This was an off-white beat up rusting race car. And he called it too much, like, you know, Chevy two. So too much. So it's little things like that, that I think are super awesome that, you know, might not be that cool. Um, you know, did a custom license plate. Um, but it was fun because I saw it online, like, and he made the, the, whoever built the car made it, you know, like a clean, cleanish interior. Like you can see, I did like the roll cage and the, the, the support bars, everything like clean, but the rest of the car is just like, you know, from 1964 or whatever. Um, and to me, that's a fun, fun, fun car to drive. Um, but yeah, that was an example of where, you know, sometimes, and when I saw that, that's like, that was the motivation that hit. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I stopped everything and I just built that. Cause I was like, that's cool to me. I had to get some special decals for it. I think they were, uh, some slicks decals. Oh, nice. So I, was, I was trying to imagine, it's like, how can I replicate a, a decal on the side of a car that's so specific? And then I found something. I was like, oh, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's uh, dope, man. Yeah, I, I've heard of that company. I've seen them on the, was it the Model Cars magazine? They have like ads in there too. Uh, so they do custom work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. For sure. Dude, you had a lineup right there. I love that Ford truck. I had never seen that one. When you showed oh, me the, the, the F100? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Is there anything else you want to look at specifically? Like, these are all, and to me, these are all like kind of different things I've done. Like, for example, this one. This is the first time I put a. So I'm sure we all know Joel from Iceman Collections. He was one of the first people to be set, setting out like a lot of these engine details. So it's my first time I did like a twin turbo LS and, you know, I did some modifications, but not much, but this car was super fun for me because I'd never built anything like this either. Um, the idea was to make it, you know, a dot commer bought what he thought was an original Yanko Camaro, uh, Nova, but it turns out it was just a, a, a beat up replica. So he's like, screw it. I'm just going to put in a big motor, big wheels and race it and have some fun with it so that's kind of like the idea with that you know you can see like the the nice seats i put in here with some uh racing harness and stuff like that um but this car was super fun i think this resin kit was from c1 models with the fender flares mm -hmm. um, and the hood and the grill and, and the tail and the wing and all that that's cool. Yeah, I was, I was about to ask you that if that was C1 Models because I feel like yeah. I've seen that on his website. Yeah. Man. This one was another fun one, like at the end of the day. So. Man. And then I, yeah, I made it dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Nah, man, thank you. Thank you for sharing the, all your builds with us. Oh, yeah, man. I, I really appreciate you inviting me. I really do. Um, I've been an admirer of your work for a while. So oh, thank thanks, you. Dude. No, no. Likewise, man. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm happy we got to do this episode, man. I'm, I'm glad. Um, is there any uh, a shout outs you want to give out? Uh, or any oh, man. man, so I guess, yes. If, if I have to give any shout outs, it's just some some of my like friends. Like I talked about Alex. Ramirez he's like 
I think he keeps a lot of things going in this area, and I hope I, I love that he does it, and I hope he continues to do it because a lot of us can't do what he does, like the time he spends. So thank you. Um, even like Matt and Bradley, um, those are just buddies I've made. Like I've become much closer with them. Like we don't see each other every day, but I like we were talking about like when every time I see him, it's like we just pick up where we left off, and it's important, you know, like. When you go into a situation where where you don't know a lot of people, it's, it, it makes you feel really comfortable to just be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like we're all car guys and we're all model guys. So, um, I did want to say, you know, I do want to show respect to Grant Dale. Um, I know a lot of us knew him through this through Instagram because he was just a really good guy, and you know, I'm scared. You know, I'm not scared. I just don't want us to forget him. Cause he did a lot. Um, he yeah. built some really cool stuff, but he also was like, he was a guy anybody could talk to. He was, he was a really great dude. Um, so I don't know. I built um, a Camaro for him last, not this last time I know, but the one time before, and I was lucky enough to give it to him. I built it for him, not knowing about obviously what was going to happen, but I'm really glad I finished that for him. Um, I unfortunately don't have the car, but that's okay. Like it was with him. Um, I, yeah. Um, my buddy Ace, um, talking about in Utah, he's been a real good, big help to me with my paint on making clean cars, like polishing all that. He's always talking to me and Chris Goodsell. Um, that guy is an amazing artist and I don't know if anybody follows him either. Um, C.Goodsell on Instagram. You should check out his stuff. He does a lot of patina. He taught me everything I know about patina. Um, I don't know, man. I can go on and on. Those are the big ones. Um, yeah. No, Thanks for cool, letting me uh, to say something to them. <laughs> no, definitely, man. Yeah, you know, uh, rest in peace to Grant. Yeah. It's, it is it is a trip, man. Like, you know, how, like, like, the time that has passed, you know, from, like, getting to meet him in person and then finding the news, you know, what was it, like, a year later and yeah. It was just, I don't know. It was just like very shocking. You're like, what the yeah. heck? Like, it, it's like, you can't believe it. And, you know, if anything, you know, the, his words, but also like his work that he, that he left us, you know, to see, like, we could still, you know, you could still go to his Instagram, you know, see pictures of his builds on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that. And I hope if people get the chance to see that, find some inspiration behind that too. It's on there because I, I feel like anything that we create, we like we we pour our soul into it. We're pouring our soul into these builds, you know, um, our our style, our flavor that's going into these builds. Like all of our our ideas, you know, are being manifested in these builds, you know. So so they're definitely they're there, um, you know. But but yeah, man, like you said, you know, we have to uh, definitely keep his memory alive. You know? Yeah, hopefully one day. We can all do a, another JDM build like he'd always host. I think that's yeah. what really got me into to building JDMs, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't the first JDM I built, but I remember when he was started doing it, I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that with you. That's and, dope. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, I always, I always liked that he was into different styles. Like his Yeah, styles. so much. Yeah. His stuff was awesome. I yeah, got to very, see cool, very clean for that first time, too. Like, I've always mm -hmm. saw his stuff through Instagram. But the one year he came out, like I saw him and I was like, yes, like awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool stuff, man. 
but yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, he had some really cool stuff. I guess I also want to say, you know, I, I mentioned Steve Hinson before. Mm-hmm. May rest in peace. Like, I want to say thank you to him. He's the one that introduced me to all the NNL guys and Andy Kellogg and Roy Sorensen. All those guys are really cool dudes. Um, part of the NNL. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, dude. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, for everyone uh, who's listening, uh, make sure on Instagram that you look up Supermodel Alley. Uh, you know, that's where you'll see his handle. I'm going to, uh, on the description, I'll put, post the link too. So you can just click it and go direct. So that way they can see your builds. And then also uh, the video, for those that are listening just to the audio, the, the video link will be in there as well. Uh, so this is uh, 65 Lokes uh, checking out with my guest, Patrick, all the way in Northern California, episode number 212. Thank you, man. And I Thank hope you, sir. Have, I hope you have a good night and we'll keep in touch. You too. Cool. All right. Peace out. Thanks for everybody watching too. All right. Later.